Got some new Easter eggs out with the Bourbon County. A brewery aims to train the next generation of brewers. Takate is in some caliente water with their new legal issues. This is It's All Beer. Welcome to It's All Beer. This episode brought to you by Corona. The virus, not the beer. Although, remember way back when, when the shitty Mexican beer saw a surge in sales because of this adorable uh, uh, relationship to our current crisis? How cute <laughs> was that? Oh, how we laughed. How we fucking laughed. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. <laughs> remember that back when we were like, hey, do you think Corona's going get a, get a, get a, a yeah. surge in popularity from this? Do you think yeah. Corona's gotten a surge of popularity? Do you, Tyler? I do. <laughs> I mean the beer again. <laughs> oh, man. I, think, I don't know. At this point in time, if anybody was buying Corona because it's cute, I think they're over it. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this is played out. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm getting done. I'm getting Modelo, as you should. <laughs> it's a superior beer. Speaking of beer, what are we drinking today? Uh, I am drinking... Some Bourbon County brand stout from 2020. Well, aren't we fancy? And how is it this year? Delicious. Um, real kind of just rich, silky chocolate coming through. Um, good booziness on the back end, I think. 14.6% this year. So Respectable. Yeah. Uh, you get that hint of vanilla kind of oakiness coming through. I mean, Bourbon County's always had a real soft spot in my heart because it was the first bourbon barrel-aged beer that I ever tried. And I was like, oh, my God, this is life-changing. <laughs> so thank you, Renee, for giving me my first Bourbon County. Really? Was it Renee that gave you your first bourbon barrel-aged beer? It was. I did not know that about... Oh, he broke your bourbon cherry. I know. He came in, he popped a 2015 bottle of Bourbon County at Homebrew Stuff and gave me some when I was working one of my first weeks on shift. And 2015, wasn't that the year that they had the infection or was that the... No, it was the last year they were in the 12-ounce bottles. Okay. Uh, hold on, I've got the bottle here in the room. Uh, we shall, we shall. Twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen was the infected mess. Which no, actually, no. Twenty sixteen was the infected mess. Twenty sixteen was. Twenty fourteen was the 20, first Bourbon County I had. Twenty fourteen, I believe, was the first or last year they did. Uh, they were unaffiliated with AB and Bev. I can't remember. Well, they were the. It was the. It was either the first year they were affiliated or the last year they weren't. Obviously. Yeah, I can't remember I feel which like they one. Got bought in 2014 or something hey i so think we... they got bought right around the time so it was the last year they brewed that beer for those of you tuning unaffiliated in, for those of you tuning in for the first time looking for uh, beer expertise this is what we're this is what you're in for so strap in goldilocks we're gonna have some fun today um i'm <laughs> i'm going local a little bit today i uh, i've got an, an old favorite and uh, something kind of new that came out. The first one is from uh, uh, Boise Brewing right here in uh, right here in town. It's their Dark Daisy Chocolate Milk Stout. It's one of the ones I look forward to every year. And it is, as advertised... A milk stout. Yep. It is a chocolate milk stout. It's a not... It's, I like it. It's not as sweet as some more dark chocolate flavor, hint of roastiness... Kind of that roasty mocha finish, um, uh, uh, lactose. In there's lactose, but again, it's not overly sweet. Um, so it's one of those. It's one of those local brews I, uh, I I I enjoy every year. And at some point in time, I also got me a, a, a Firestone Walkers uh, chocolate cherry stout. Uh, new this year, so we'll see how. Oh, that nice. Works. I I guess I wanted to do chocolate beers today because I don't know. It's it's winter. It seems like the time for uh, for dark beers, and there's literally nothing else going. So, uh, tis the season. Let us uh, let's get into the beer news, Tyler. What do you got for us? Well, part of the reason why I'm drinking a Bourbon County is it ties into our first story. 
Um, this article came out from the Chicago Tribune at uh, four o'clock today. So, bum, 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 bum. breaking news: uh, Goose Island decided to, uh, at least in my mind, kind of get back to their craft route a little with the Bourbon County this year, and they did a little Easter egg on some of the bottles that you may not have known. Um, so if you've got a bottle of just a regular Bourbon County, uh, which if you live in the Valley, it's only the regular Bourbon County since the distributor fucked up and didn't get any variants. Uh, this was a, yeah, this was a good example of why all distributors suck. Um, our Budweiser distributor in town, which distributes, uh, Goose Island, um, how do I put this mildly? Uh, screwed the pooch. In fact, they may have gone so far as to fuck the dog. <laughs> um, but on the if you're familiar at all with the Bourbon County bottles, on the back there is their alcohol percentage, their drink by date, um, and with this, um, if you, according to the article, on some bottles you'll notice another little code on there uh, that has either the letters BT, HH, or WT at the end of that digit code. Uh, those stand for Buffalo Trace, Heaven Hill, or Wild Turkey. Really? Uh, the majority of the Bourbon County Stouts are aged in all those, or a blend of all those barrels, but they decided outside their normal variants that they did for this year to do another variant of just the original Bourbon County Stout where they just filled those bottles with a Buffalo Trace barrel or Heaven Hills barrels or a Wild Turkey barrels and then didn't tell a soul. Except for put a little like little hint on the bottle for those who... You, by the way, that means that you people listening are now in the know. Uh, and what do you know? People started figuring that out on the and starting posting about it in beer forums and social media. Uh, <laughs> it was only confirmed by a spokeswoman uh, the Friday after. Uh, so basically, when it the Friday after it was released, uh, when the Chicago Tribune reached out, mm -hmm. uh, they're uh, according to the Chicago Tribune, they're all available in equal amounts, uh, and were dispersed randomly across the Chicago area only. So if you're heading to Chicago, uh, ooh, have a like... fun little Easter egg. Uh, so if you were anywhere else but Chicago, you just got the, the, the regular Blendo uh, uh, Bourbon County. But if you were lucky enough to uh, currently exist in Chicago. Yep. So if it doesn't have uh, so if it doesn't have a little six digit code followed uh, ending in either BT, HH or WT, then. It is just your normal blended Bourbon County brand stout. But somewhere out there, there's oh my god! Like, I can actually feel beard geeks getting hard as I as 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 as, as I, we're listening to this. Yep. Um. And you know, they said they did it because they wanted to show off. Just um, they want to keep their fans on their toes on their toes and they wanted to celebrate the great distillery partnerships they formed over the years. Uh, I'd be curious to see if you can, if you were able to get a bottle of just a regular bourbon County, the Buffalo trace, uh, heaven Hills and wild Turkey and see if you could identify the different flavor nuances from it. I mean, I should think so. I mean, well, I don't know. I mean, that's, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that there are beer geeks in this world that are are uh, are are going to be uh, adamant that just the Heaven Hills um, uh, stout is the superior one, or insert their favorite uh, uh, distillery of choice, because that's how. But um, 
like, there's got to be a. I'm sure there's a subtle difference, but I would think it wouldn't be super big. It'd be you'd really have to get in <laughs> and try to notice, really be searching for that differences. Have it at the right temperature. So, well, there you go. But, if you if you uh, oh. if you have those bottles and you can pick out a, a difference. Uh, you know, you can get a hold of us at itsallbeer at gmail.com. Let us know what the differences are, and you should probably send us a bottle each so we can confirm that. <laughs> and I thought it was just a nice, fun nod to a a little fun to have in kind of an odd year. Uh, definitely, even if it is uh, AB and Bev doing it, let's not forget that. <laughs> well, I, I, it's AB, still a delicious beer. It is still a delicious beer. Uh, I. I have to. I haven't gotten one. I haven't picked one up yet, but I'm sure it's only a matter of time before one gets opened in my presence. Um, yep. Yeah, it is. I. Yeah, you know, it's one of those. It's one of those classic uh, barrel aged stouts. So, uh, I think it's like the only reason anybody in this state even gives a shit about Goose Island. I, th- I swear, it's the only reason that uh, the, the local distributor even bothers with them is. Uh, to so they can get well because they have to from Anheuser Busch. Well, because they well okay, there's like a mandate, but the only the, the only thing they ever carry here in town is the IPA, which yeah, um, and the only place that stocks it are grocery stores. And if it's anything like the grocery store I worked at, it don't really do anything. I've seen a few bars that'll carry like the IPA, but um, that's the only it, thing. That's it's few and far between. At some point in time, you used to be able to get the wheat. There's a few. They, at one point in time, they had a few things you can get from uh, from Goose Island, but at, at this moment in time, it's basically the IPA and then Bourbon County when it comes out. Yep. So, Jeremy, what we got next? All right. More diversity in the industry news now. If there has been one theme for 2020, besides that Corona is going to destroy the entire beer industry and also everything else you hold dear in the world, that's basically what we've, we've been talking about for the last, oh nine months year (laughs) it's been super 20 years it's been super fun but we've also been talking a lot about an increasing awareness of how fucking white this industry is um and i feel like a lot of this realization came from the infamous founders lawsuit um and the subsequent deposition tapes that were leaked um if you've somehow missed that story um go back to our episode (laughs) you can find that in episode 19 entitled uh blacked out on social media and you done fucked up founders where you can actually listen to me and tyler read that deposition for you um the point the point is though there was like a moment of reckoning and i i think for an industry that likes to view itself as inclusionary um it it had a it it started to realize that it wasn't as inclusionary as they wanted and there's been a lot. I think we, we we've done several stories this year about um, about uh, uh, people wanting to change that, and this is another one of them. Um, some um, this uh, uh, was uh, reported on University Business by uh, Matt Zalinick. Um, Sacred Heart University um, in Connecticut has teamed up with the New England Brewing Company along with the Connecticut Brewers Guild. Uh, to create a program to add to had diversity to their uh, to their uh, brewers training program and the craft beer industry in general, um, starting in May 2021, one black student a year will receive full tuition to their brewing science brewing science certificate program. Talking is hard. Yep. Uh, the one year program includes scientific brewing theory, ingredient and recipe design sanitation, safety, brewery management, and brewing law, as well as hands-on internships at a number of Connecticut breweries and lessons at the university's lab at Two Roads Brewery in Connecticut. So, not a bad program. No. Um, the scholarship came from, from the uh, from the directors of director of sales at New England Brewing Company, uh, Jamal Robinson, who had the idea during uh, the COVID lockdown back in the spring. Um watching news about George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor and the ensuing protests, that basically what, uh, uh, had him come up with the idea. Um, to quote from the article, uh, quote him from the article. Um, I had a lot of time to think I was wrapped up in my emotions. I just felt this big call to action knowing that we had come through so much progress as a country, but there's still a lot of progress to go. And so the, 
so the that was his brainchild, um, and they worked with the uh, with the university to uh, to make it a reality. So, um, uh, I don't know. What do you think? Is it? You know, I think getting more people with different backgrounds into this industry is only going to help it grow and develop and mature. So I think awesome idea, help someone who's going to be passionate, get into the industry, have a good base. And by having that good base before they actually start working for a brewery, we'll be able to make good quality beer from jump street. I mean, there's a, there's a dearth of people who open a brewery with absolutely no training and we need fewer of them, <laughs> more people who have a, at least a functional idea of how to do it. Um, yes. and, I, and especially, I agree, especially if we're going, if to, you know, the, in order to reach, you know, the, the goal of expanding craft beer, the craft beer market at some, at some point in time, you have to expand past just white dudes. Yeah. And that'll be and that'll be part of it. And the way you reach other communities is to have well those communities involved. Um, I can. I mean, it's it clearly is a net positive for the brewing industry. I'm quite sure there's going to be a uh, kind of a debate about you know affirmative action. Although that's not what this is. This is a private. Uh, this is a private endowment. So. <laughs> Yeah, they can choose to offer it to whoever the fuck they want. The answer is, um, well, it's our money, so you can go fuck yourself. Did <laughs> the article say how they were funding it? Were they doing like a portion of beer sales to fund it, or? Uh, it well, the only so the only uh, um, uh, part they uh, that they mentioned that they, how they're going to fund it in perpetuity was actually through the Connecticut Brewers Guild. Um, they, oh, okay. they are providing an endowment um, that will actually provide the scholarship for the foreseeable future. Nice. So it's you know, a concerted effort across the board. I was going to say, that's awesome to see that the guild is doing it, not just one specific brewery. It's a brewery. Yes, a brewery in conjunction with the university, in conjunction with the brewers. It's, it, it, it is a industry-wide effort in this state, it appears, which is first of all exactly what's needed we talked about we talked earlier about um about the ba suddenly kind of going uh uh a wall um which i do think they reached a deal to try to work with something i saw something on twitter right before you called and we started recording so i didn't have a chance to jump in but i think the BA just reached something trying to work to do better at uh, diversity and inclusion. Well, it wasn't. I mean, in the in the case about you know uh, I, I, about diversity and inclusion, I mean, so uh, if you go back a few episodes, we were uh, we were talking about um, how the BA had started this um, uh, basically a uh, a you know a grant for uh, for breweries that wanted to host. Um, uh, events to it to uh, expand diversity and inclusion within the industry. Uh, that was back in January, um, and then events didn't happen because I don't know there was something going around. Uh, <laughs> don't know what, but but uh, I mean, long story short, it wasn't that the BA canceled the grant. It was that they they just clammed up and went away. I mean, a lot of people who had said they were receiving the grant. We're just trying to say, hey, are we still getting this money? And never got a response back. Yeah. And so I don't think it's. I mean, if if that really is the BA's response, like, oh, we're going to be better at diversity inclusion. I think no, you got to be better at picking up the fucking phone. Uh, so here's the tweet: Crafted for All LLC is excited to announce a new partnership with the Brewers Association that will help promote greater diversity equity and inclusion in the craft beer brewing industry um i guess my response is cool guys um i mean at least this this is a tangible benefit i mean you know one person uh, i mean it's it seems it, it's it almost seems like very little very little like one person a uh, one person a year 
um, is which, is, if you think, is the course just one year? Or is the course longer? The, the it's a one year program. Okay. So every year, um, someone gets a full ride scholarship through this program. So there. So I mean, and I'm. And they also mentioned that in general they're doing more to recruit um, uh, 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 students from different backgrounds, but um, specifically they were going to give uh, a scholarship to one black student a year. Um, also, that's to look. I'm super glad they're doing this. It's great work, but part of me is like, self. They're doing this selfishly, so they can see one of the students who's volunteering in their lab learning if they like how he works or she works, they can hire said person. I mean, very much. I mean, there's just a yeah, proud tradition of that. Yes. And, <laughs> and, you know, good on them. You know, that's I, also, that's how you've good way to recognize and uh, talent and find good talent. And also, I mean, there's something to be said, especially if like uh, it's, if a lot of the program is based at certain breweries, like it is, there's something to be said from like taking somebody who doesn't know much or anything or has like a loose knowledge of of the process and like let me let us train you in our way, mm-hmm. you know. And then th- that there's a certain amount of like that way you you do it the way you do it the uh, the the two roads way or you know. Yep. You know, start with a blank slate. Yeah, hundred percent. But uh, so anyway, again, that uh, that scholarship starts up in uh, May of twenty twenty one, and we'll. I mean, the I, I, what I was getting at earlier was I, uh, one student a year doesn't seem like a lot, but the sad thing is, is that the uh, especially the black community is so uh, uh, poorly represented that uh, one student a year uh, that ends up as a head is- brewer or a brewery owner is going to start moving that percentage pretty pretty, pretty quickly. I was going to say, there's going to be a big ripple effect. So, um, and hopefully something that, uh, hopefully a, a domino effect there. So, um, a bit of good news. Yes. So that'd be Declan who's uh, chiming in and he approves. <laughs> it has it has been said. Tyler, what's next? Uh, so what's next is let's strap on the suit and tie. We're heading back to the courtroom. Oh, I was so worried we wouldn't do that. What's uh, what's on the docket this week? Well, there is a New York man uh, named Miguel Schmelty. Uh, who <laughs> way, is here at its all beer? We it's going to have a blanket apology for any pronunciations. <laughs> oh yeah, we're going to butcher whatever name. So Spe- sorry. S- speaking of uh, speaking of an industry that's way too white, uh, that's basically in t- this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but he is he filed a lawsuit uh, because he said he has been duped. I tell you, into believing that Tecate is Mexican when it's actually made by a Dutch company, Heineken, out of Holland. <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. So I, I actually was surprised. I didn't know they were owned by Heineken, but um, <laughs> I didn't either. But I figured they were owned by someone big. But I mean, I has anyone told him about the others? <laughs> oh, the, when I saw this article, I what it made me think of was the guy who sued Red Bull because it didn't actually give them wings, and Red Bull settled. Uh. The guy that tried to sue Miller Coors because he said they duped him into thinking that Blue Moon was craft beer when it wasn't. I mean, that's a fair lawsuit. I feel like that almost that I, I, I I'm almost kind of glad for that lawsuit if I'm being perfectly honest because they do try to they they do brand that as a craft beer and no, it's not. I but anyway, I digress. So. He says the Definitely beer agrees. is ma- <laughs> He says the beer is masquerading as Mexican through the brand name, the traditional Mesoamerican typeface, the mythical Aztec eagle em- emblazed on the product and statements original and cerveza on the labeling. Um, oh dear god. <laughs> he also said their website says Hencha and Tecada Baja California, Mexico, and 
it translates to born and brewed in the land we are proud to share our name with, basically. Um, uh, the, the thing that should be noted, however, is that, strangely enough, the the words, um, those words are actually written in that accent. So, in, in, with which Tyler just spoke it. So that should have been a fucking clue. <laughs> <laughs> but the company only truly disco- discloses itself in small font on the back of the boxes and on the lower left where it states product of Holland, brewed and canned by HBBV, Amsterdam, Holland, imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. So it's that. Wait, wait, wait. Is it actually then brewed in Holland? I uh, from the art, what the article says in the court documents, it sounds like it is brewed in Holland, and then distributed through the I United know. States. This too. Ah, <laughs> uh, and he says. Uh, that Takate sells for a premium at around 12 bucks a 12-pack, which is higher than the price of the product if it were represented by a in a non-misleading way. Well, I mean, I guess I want to I want to point out that um, I mean, no offense to Mexican beer, although I'm about to like uh, <clears throat> listen. Um, Mexican beer being what it is, if it's 12 dollars a six-pack, that should be a fucking clue. No, no, $12 a 12-pack. 12. $12 a 12-pack, same. So, he said they sold more of the product at higher prices than it would have uh, if they weren't m- misleading in their advertising, uh, resulting in additional profits at the expense of consumers. Uh, so, he is asking the judge to allow his suit to be filed as a class action so that other consumers can seek damages and he's also suing for unspecified damages. I so I mean, but the part that I almost have to be like a little bit sympathetic towards is that I was not aware that it was not brewed in Mexico. I mean, it doesn't to, to hear you describe it doesn't really surprise me. I guess, although I should think it would be easy, it would be cheaper to produce in Mexico. Yeah, I, I'm. Maybe maybe they do produce some in Mexico for some parts of the country, and New York just gets theirs out of Holland. I'm not sure. But it. I'm like, okay, I do get it. It's misleading. And, well, you know. and let's not forget, there is a precedent for that because uh, Kona Brewery uh, uh, famously had to settle uh because of their, because of what they were, um, what was uh, called false advertisement, uh, that where they claimed that their beer was island brewed, when of course most of it was being produced in, I believe, Washington State. Yep. And so there is a like a there is like a precedent. Um, I mean, in you know, maybe because Kona's a lifestyle brand, you know how uh, happy <laughs> that makes me. Um, but there is a precedent like there, I, I. It's not so baseless because I think consumers do base a little bit of the decision on where they think the beer is coming from. True. And I was going to say the protection that like Pacifico, Modelo, and Corona would have is it just says imported by Crown Imports or... Well, I do actually believe that most of those are brewed in Mexico. I don't know. Is, is everything I know about Mexican beer a lie? Probably, but see, I'm upset. So, by the way, that'd be so. Uh, Declan is sitting in again because his mother desperately needs a shower. So that uh, sound you're hearing is my infant son weighing in, and yeah, he's not happy about this either. <laughs> I know, but yeah. So I'm curious to see how this lawsuit plays out because I feel they threw out the Blue Moon one and never reached a settlement on that. So I'll be curious to see if they go the Kona approach and actually penalize them or if they say they put it on the label and the box that it was brewed by Heineken. Well, tough shit. I mean, and again, we've said time and time again that we are not in any way legal experts. And there is still, I believe, a uh, blanket invitation to somebody who is 
uh, uh, well versed in some of the 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 law that we talk about to come on and explain to us exactly how and why we're wrong. But um, I would predict that this has more weight just because I mean, um, Blue Moon saying that to, <laughs> that it's craft. Uh, Blue Moon said, I mean, I mean, there's no legal definition of craft beer. Um, I mean, there's an industry definition and the BA is trying is is has spent a lot of time um, and energy trying to define it in the consumer market. But you but as far as legally, there is no like, you know, it's all it it's all beer to them. <laughs> yep. And also, so- I did want to bring up the independent seal for craft breweries and it just kind of reinforces why the brewers association wanted to do that is so if they can reach the amount of consumers with it they can say hey here is that you look for this you know you're buying independent you don't have to worry about some conglomerate in holland brewing your beer right and so i mean that it does seem like this might have some weight. So I'm kind of actually curious to see where, where this might go because it may not be as stupid as it sounds on its face. Yep. Which is exactly how I describe you too, Tyler. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Tyler, what's next? Well, we're going down under. Oh, I'm, if I give you a quarter, will you <laughs> never, ever? I don't know if we ever... If we have any Australian listeners, or if we ever will have, <laughs> but that definitely is going to be a barrier. <laughs> well, a barrier reef. Hey, oh, but in college one time I got drunk and asked an Australian exchange student. I was like, did a dingo eat your baby? <laughs> this hammer drunk. He did not find it near as funny as everyone else did. <laughs> <laughs> I... I mean, I think it's the only reason it is that it is funny is that guy from Northern Idaho saying that phrase like that. I hesitate to call it an accent. I want to call it a speech impediment. <laughs> Close enough. All right. Uh, well, so for the first time in a long time, uh, the citizens of Australia can finally get to enjoy the piss water swill that fosters pedals as Australian for beer. Hold on. Wait, uh, wait, wait, hold on. Do you hear that? Yeah, that's that's the sound of everybody in Australia who is happy about that. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Apparently, as Foster's of 2015, Australian for piss. <laughs> as of 2015, only 10 venues across the entire country of Australia had it on tap. Um, but the company is ramping up production in Melbourne by 300% to prepare for the launch of Fosters in Australia. So, <laughs> this is. I did. I, I did skim this story when you sent it to me. I'm like, this is the saddest thing ever. <laughs> oh, of, of the of the ten places that have it on draft, how many of those are actually owned by Fosters themselves? <laughs> I have no fucking clue. But the article gets into a little bit of the history. Um, but. They actually talk about how mainstream beers in Australia have been on the decline. So it's kind of a gamble because Australia is having a growing beer industry uh, that's worth over 800 million, grew 6.2%, while that's just the craft beer, while the whole beer industry declined 1.8%. So they're hoping that. By reintroducing, they can gain some of that craft beer. But what could happen is people go, oh, that's that old traditional shitty beer. We're not touching that and move along. Well, it's interesting you say, because I'm remembered, well, I'm reminded of uh, about this time last year um, when um, 
when New Belgium sold to uh, Kirin, and mm-hmm. I did a deep dive into finding out what the hell that meant, and I found myself um, basically because long story short, New Belgium was actually purchased by um, uh, Little she, Lion World. Uh, well, no, it was it's Strange Creatures, I believe it's called, um, in Australia, which was. Oh, subsequently owned by Lion, which is subsequently owned by Kieran. But I mean, the I forget the name of the brewery, but or Little Creatures. I think it might have been Little Creatures, something um, like that. Something with to do with creatures. I'm 100 percent sure on the creatures part of it. Um, you can go find that sometime in in October of 2019 and remember blissfully of a world we didn't know was ending. Uh, but I actually no, I did actually do a kind of a little dive on in Australian craft beer, and not only is it expanding, but uh, it's expanding with a lot of American influence. Yeah, and but the one bright spot that they're banking on is uh the owners of foster uh the conglomerate that is fosters also plugged a nice nostalgia bit uh when it forayed into fashion with their victoria bitter and melbourne bitter merchandise which was two kind of their legacy brands uh think their version of like bud light and that and as well as their Rush Silver Bullet cans. And they both went off with a huge hit, big success, and actually started to gain some traction back. So maybe reintroducing Fosters, they will gain some of that traction back. But So, I mean, you, there might be a time where you'll actually go to Australia and actually find some guy actually drinking a Fosters. Unironically. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> Which... you know Australia has Australian hipsters. Oh, yeah, which I was like, the biggest piss off from the whole article for me was they didn't have to deal with this, Will, but we did. (laughs) Did you? I knew no Australian actually liked that beer. Okay, but I thought they at least had to pass it by on a fucking shelf. Not, but no, they didn't even see the fucking oil can. They were all sent over here to bombard our shores. I'm just uh, um, happy that you didn't that in your uh, in mind, uh, the entire continent of Australia wasn't a bunch of people drinking Fosters while riding in a pouch of a kangaroo. No, and first of all, wallabies are way cooler than kangaroos. Uh, I thought about getting one for college, and I was like, "Oh, I could store my beer in their pouch." And then I was like, "Wait, the beer would probably be all slimy, be warm. Gonna pass on this." Uh. I'm glad you did enough research to realize that that was a bad idea before uh, before engaging in that. Not the Northern Idaho way, but I'm proud of you. And also, still want a wallaby. Uh, and also, uh, uh, the cultural sensitivity to be to understand that Fosters is shit. Oh yeah, I mean, I did have a buddy in college one Halloween that dressed up as Steve Irwin and drank only Fosters oil cans the whole night. Never broke character, even when the fire department showed up because we had too big of a bonfire. He was still walking around going, Crikey! (laughs) (laughs) Did he say anything else or just walk around going, Crikey! Crikey! Uh, (laughs) No, he'd be like, look at the ass on that one. He tackled someone one time. He's like, I got a real-life gator! (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, I'm gonna... didn't break converse like he kept the Australian accent going while talking to the fireman like was crouched down like walking through looking for animals it was hilarious um, we here at Solby would like to apologize to the entire nation of Australia uh, and you know what New Zealand too just, just out of proximity <laughs> well Jeremy now that we've got the joy of learning that Australians days got ruined. What do you have? We're going to go from insulting a, a, a nation to a major corporation. They said it couldn't happen. They said it shouldn't happen. They said there's no earthly reason for something this dumb to exist. They said such an unholy union was a front to man, woman, law, God, and nature. But that didn't stop Georgia-based Asani Brewing to collaborate with Waffle House. On a, on a beer for 
let's just that for, for a beer honoring that particular let's call it a restaurant um this actually this article don't says, you insult the good holiness that waffle house is um tyler if that's your position then this then then what i have prepared for you today is not going to hold any joy for you this <laughs> article comes from food and wine by uh mom uh mike uh, pomeranz and let me just go ahead and uh uh, uh clarify this i did a lot of traveling around the united states uh in my uh late 20s early 30s and i have found myself Late night in many a Waffle House. So my Waffle anger, House is the Switzerland of the ghetto. My anger is both justified and valid. And before we get too far off, I want to just say one note about this uh, Firestone Chocolate Cherry Stout. It tastes the I thing is having it back to back with the Boise Brewing uh, uh, Dark Daisy. It tastes almost identical, except for a hint of tartness. Like the the chocolate malt profile is like just spot on, but the cherry adds like that little tart uh, 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 finish. So it's kind of interesting that way. Anyway, just wanted to throw that out there. Um, <clears throat> this abomination, and I'm talking about uh, the uh, a Waffle House beer, not uh, this fine beer from Firestone Walker. This abomination started two years ago when the when a Waffle House location in Georgia became the first Waffle House in the country to start selling beer. Hell yeah, your clientele's already piss-hammered drunk. Why not keep feeding that train? Just hold on a bit, Tyler. It's not as cool as you think. It's, there's a slight caveat. They did mention in the article that there was a Waffle House location starting to sell beer, and this is, this is where the brewery... Um, I got their idea, but what the article fails to mention is that the Waffle House location in question isn't that delightful puke-stained gas station outhouse that serves waffles that we all knew and love. Um, this particular location is actually the Waffle House-branded hash browns cart at uh, the Atlanta Braves Stadium. Um, it the, uh, the This location doesn't even serve waffles. Um they have only three dishes, um, basically they're hash brown bowls with different stuff on top, and beside, and they also serve cold brewed coffee and a couple of beers. So as long as as long as you are chowing down on hash browns drowned in gravy and sadness while watching an Atlanta Braves game, you are obviously in need of a you are obviously nothing of- wrong with that. <laughs> Tyler's like. That is my ideal state right there. <laughs> Shoveling hash gravy and hash browns in my face while chugging a Bud Light. <laughs> I'd go a Miller Light at the very least. While at an, at an Atlanta Braves game, Tyler's like, this is the best thing that ever, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard of. Um, you're going to need a beer to wash down that shame. That's, that's a lot of shame in one go. Anywho. Or hey, I could be slamming a creature comforts. <laughs> I don't know if they said they didn't say which beer they sell off this cart, but I'm guessing it's not creature comforts. I'm guessing oh, they're pretty popular over there, so it could be. Yeah, but uh, what they describe is like a like a either a cart or a, a you know a little. There ain't a lot of sh- a shelf space. That's what I'm saying. So I'm sure you could probably get cat creature comforts in the stadium. I doubt you can get it off this cart. Oh, okay, but the this guy got the crazy souls at uh, uh, Os. I don't. I'm not sure if it's Odyssey or Ockney. Pick one of those. Um, we hear it. All, it's all beer. Can't pronounce shit. Um, we'll go with Ockney. Um, uh, the crazy fools of Ockney Brewery thinking they're from Greensboro, Georgia, only a few miles away from the Waffle House World headquarters. Um, and um. And apparently, for uh, as much shit as I'm actually giving the uh, this, you know, the, what I believe is to be a front to uh, uh, breakfast foods everywhere. It is the one of the greatest breakfast places, bruh. It is not, though. It is. <laughs> no, because it is. You will watch a guy get stabbed in the parking lot. They will then walk in, eat. You, you can't get hurt in a sketchy neighborhood in a Waffle House. It is Switzerland. 
going to or from, fair game. But also, the guy back there cooking, he's fucking smoking a cigarette. Reminds me of when I was at hunting camp and our family friend, who was a like certified chef, would just be like three beers deep, smoking a cigarette, cooking breakfast for camp. Just takes me back. You joke about that, but I was actually at a Waffle House one time against my will, and the 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 chef, I suppose we use that term loosely, was smoking behind the grill. <laughs> I wasn't joking. I've noticed someone smoking there, so... <laughs> Just saying. All right, we have totally different tastes. You're from northern Idaho, and I'm from, you know, civilized society. Um, You're stuck up prude. <laughs> <laughs> if that is what makes me a stuck-up prude, I shall wear that badge with honor, sir. Um, but as you were saying... Despite uh, Waffle House's size and the redneck empire they command, um, full of people like Tyler, um, the corporate staff uh, is actually a very tight-knit and um, very easy group to work with. Um, uh, to quote from the article um, from a... Uh, uh, from uh, uh, Acne Brewing. Um, the story began in January when someone from with with someone from Waffle House being kind enough to respond to an email I sent pr proposing a collaboration. Uh, that initiated communication with some of the executive team at the Atlanta corporate office. After a COVID delay, two our two groups held a taste test at uh, Acne Brewing and chose a bacon infused red ale to release as the first ever Waffle House beer. Um, and, uh, to the, uh, uh, they have a little art, they have a, uh, um, uh, description of what the beer tastes like. <clears throat> and it says, quote, the beloved scent of bacon stands out from the typical medium hop aroma of red ale. The malty sweetness of the base beer blends perfectly with a salty, savory, and smoking, smoky bacon extract to create a delicious and unique beer. Bacon and kegs, which is what the beer is called. Pairs well with breakfast, foods, breakfast food items, obviously, or can be enjoyed as a standalone, soon-to-be iconic beer. Um, very, uh, there, go for there it. There is one thing I am disappointed they didn't call it. I wish they would have called it Kegs and Eggs. Only for the simple fact, in college, I did a couple parties that were Kegs and Eggs parties. We are finding out a lot about your sordid history tonight, aren't we, Tyler? That you would have a party that started at like 8 in the morning, you'd do a huge breakfast bar, you'd tap the kegs, and you'd drink all day. <laughs> uh, it is amazing to me you're still alive. <laughs> that makes two of us. Um, um, ironically, uh, the... Uh, the beer will not be available at Waffle Houses yet or any time in the future because, again, outside of this sad little hash cart at Atlanta Stadium, um, Waffle House still does not serve uh, uh, beer or any other alcohol at their locations because I feel that's like... Listen, if your assertion that Waffle House is Switzerland, the only reason that can be a fact is because they're not feeding you more alcohol. If alcohol gets into that ecosystem... It's a fucking war zone, man. You're right. <laughs> I'll give you that one. Uh, the uh, This uh, beer will be available starting uh, December 18th at the brewery only and on draft or 12-ounce cans. Um, both uh, the, the brewery and their collaborators at Waffle House uh, agreed that starting small was the best idea. Uh, but the article uh, uh, mentions that uh, that they are leaving room for uh, for it uh, becoming the iconic beer they think it might, and they and it ends with the with the phrase quote, "You might end up at a Waffle House right after drinking uh, right after a night of drinking Waffle House beer, and if that is where your life has taken you, I strongly suggest that you re-examine everything you are and everything you do." I'm going to reach out to my buddy who lives in Atlanta and see if he can get me some of this beer. Well, Greensboro, actually, that's where the uh, the brewery is. So I don't know where that is in relation to Atlanta. Um, but, um, uh, yeah, reach out to your it friend. It can't be far. I, there's a lot of Georgia. There's there's a surprisingly amount of – a large amount of Georgia. It, yes, but – 
It's the East Coast. You drive for three hours and you're in another state. True. Um, but there's also a time-space continuum in the South that it just keeps on going on and on. And when you pull over, there's some guy in overalls that don't fit right saying, you ain't from around here, are you? You just hate the South and all things delicious, don't you? I uh, don't particularly hate the South. Just you want you're defending that hash cart. You're like sitting there going, <laughs> "How dare he!" Like you take potatoes and you just add garbage upon them until it's delicious. That's amazing. Potatoes are delicious by themselves. <laughs> you add gravy. You add eggs. You add some bacon. Eggs, good. Bacon, good. Sausage gravy, good. Potatoes, good. What's not to like? A functional heart. I'll get on a donor's list for a liver and a heart. <laughs> Tyler, anything you had to add today? Uh, you hate all things delicious, but outside that, that's it. Well, this has been it all. Uh, it's all beer. If you want to get a hold of us, for example, if you live in Australia and want to tell uh, Tyler what an asshole he is, or if you live in the South and want to tell me what an <laughs> asshole I am, <laughs> you can get a hold of us. The funny thing was you can't see that. We're on video chat, but Tyler was ready to chime in with that. Like, <laughs> after that, you're not gonna... <laughs> You are getting away with it. If you're in one of the aggrieved uh, uh, areas of the uh, world that we have uh, mercilessly mocked uh, uh, during this, uh, you can get a hold of us at itsallbeer at gmail.com. Although, for the record, actually, I quite like the South, but it's so easy to make fun of you because, you know, the South will rise again, just not their SAT scores. Anywho, uh, their cholesterol will. <laughs> and you can send all complaints to itsallbeer at gmail.com. Uh, you, can, you can see what articles we've been reading. On our Twitter account at It's All Beer, we're on Facebook and Instagram where we post what we've been drinking and a few other uh, goodies here and there. And you can find us at uh, Wait for It. Uh, it's All Beer. Um, <laughs> and if you and if you're so inclined, you can leave us a rating. Unless you live in Australia or uh, or the South, in which case. Um, it's okay. We know, we know deep down in your heart you love us. And we love you too. We kid because we love. Just as long as Tyler never does an Australian accent again. We scare because we care. <laughs> and that'll be all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. I'm going to have some kegs in it. <laughs> <laughs>